0: welcome to the adhd women's well-being podcast i'm kate moore youssef your host and if you've arrived here there must be a reason i'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your well-being alongside adhd or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer so why start this podcast i'm a well-being and lifestyle coach eft practitioner mum to four kids and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40. And now, after supporting many other women, just like me and probably you, I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD. And through the podcast, I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and balanced life. So wherever you are on your ADHD journey my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. So hello everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I am Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and we've got another fantastic guest for you today. So we've got Pippa Simu, and her background is secondary education. She's been teaching RE for probably over 20 years now, holding lots of different positions in a variety of settings, And in 2016, to achieve further flexibility to support her own neurodiverse children, she joined a local charity as a coach and trainer. So working to support parents and professionals who live with children who have either ADHD or ASD. And actually, it was then in 2017, she was diagnosed with ADHD, which highlighted the lack of understanding and services for women with the condition, which we feel very strongly in the UK. And she then started the Advantage in 2020, which offers support services specifically to women and girls with ADHD symptoms to help them understand and grow into their symptoms. I love that. And so now Pippa coaches women one-to-one and mentors girls in local schools and trains professionals working with young people and she's also recently been awarded an MSc in psychology um, and which I have seen you talk about on your platforms which is so interesting and she has two teenagers and a gorgeous dog called Oscar and I'm so happy to meet you Pippa because I've been following you for such a, a while that it's nice to just have a conversation face to face And to also know what you're doing in the UK here for women and girls with ADHD. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for the
0: invite. No problem. So obviously, in that short intro, I talked about your late diagnosis. Do you mind me asking how old you were when you were diagnosed? I was 44. Okay, so I was 40. And I see this pattern. I mean, it seems to be sort of like late 30s, 40s, even sort of early 50s how crazy is that that we've kind of gone through our lives not quite understanding ourselves and then to get this sort of diagnosis which for what from you know my personal perspective and i can see from you that it is a game changer it's life changing it changes our career directions it changes everything can you give us a sort of a little bit of a snapshot how it changed your life
1: Um, Well, obviously, you're the same woman that went in the door that comes out the door with the diagnosis. So obviously, I'm still the product of all the experiences and all the relationships and the tosses and turns of life that had got me to that point. But I think overwhelmingly coming out the door was just an experience of lightness, really. Finally, now knowing why. I am these things obviously those things don't go away I still am those things but now I understand that there's a reason for it and actually I was built to be this way this was my design this is who I was meant to be and I could let go of the shoulds you should be like the other mums you should be like the other teachers come on Pippa you should you should you should And now, um, no, I, I, I shouldn't, (laughs) I was never meant to be. So I met a friend yesterday, actually, and we were talking about this exactly. And and she called it a lightness. She said she could see the lightness, um, of my, of myself. And I feel like I've stopped doing the swimming up the stream, you know, like (laughs) going against the tide and now I'm leaning into the brain I've got, I suppose. Um, and yeah, a lightness really. And, and, although that might sound quite all cheery and positive and everything, which it is, I am actually really cross that it was possible for me to get to that point. And uh, it was accidentally fine. I was I did not think I had ADHD. And um, because my measure stick was my son and my husband, and I'm nothing like them. So I would have said, we well, don't have ADHD then because you're nothing like them. I just feel really cross that 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 Could be the case that I could have got to that point, still not knowing. I mean, I did plenty of reading when my son was diagnosed. You know, I did. Um, I understood it was a hereditary hereditary condition, and he's very like his dad. So I was like, well, obviously, that's where you get it wrong then. (laughs) And and end of journey. No one, um, no one sort of talked to me about uh, you know different presentations, uh, how it might be in a in a woman. And when I was diagnosed, well, not when I was diagnosed, when I realised. Oh my days, you have ADHD. Actually, I paused myself and I went straight to my daughter because her situation was more urgent than mine. She'd just done her GCSEs going into A levels and she's very like me. So I said, Well, you know, if I have it, you've probably got it. So we probably need to address that. So I was so grateful for her that we caught her there and uh, she's gone on and done remarkable things that I expect she probably could have achieved without the diagnosis but I'm sure the journey would have been so hard and um there would have been many more bumps along the road so I had oh,
0: the last yeah. question
1: I'm quite not sure I can't yeah
0: no it. absolutely and I love that analogy of sort of like swimming upstream like you know we spend our life swimming upstream and now we can stop that resistance and I you know fully resonate with all of that and the shoulds it's and, and we are bound and again with women more than men we feel that we should be in this kind of you know box and this is how we should be as a parent a woman a wife all these things and when we don't behave the same as others automatically we go into that default mode of well there's something wrong with me yeah. you know everyone else is right they're doing it all right they've got you know everything all sorted and we don't and that's just really harmful things to our self-esteem and self-worth and and I really do resonate with everything that you were saying and you know, I had a, a, a sort of a similar situation with um, I grew up with two brothers who had ADHD and they presented like boys, both differently. One sort of inattentive, one was more, sort of more hyperactive. I saw the fallout in the family further. And, I, and then my daughter, um, over lockdown, we knew that something was going on. And I started reading and it was like lots of light bulb moments for me. And I was like, wow, I was exactly the same as her as a child. And again, it was all that reading, reading, reading. And so, like, to let's get her sorted, get got her sorted. And then it sort of fell onto me. And that was when it was the same level of, wow, okay, this lightness, now I understand. But also yeah. that level of, how did this get missed? Yeah, I knew that I was quiet and shy and I didn't want to make a fuss. And I didn't like to, you know, make anyone kind of notice me but I know I could have done better. And I wanted to talk to you about sort of academically, because I feel that there is a stigma, isn't there? That if you have ADHD, you're not going to do well academically. And I see this time and time again in women who are achieving masters and PhDs and they are almost more academics in some places, not obviously all. Um, And I know, and I can reel off a whole list of reasons why sort of, I believe that that is, but because people who are academic and have, you know, been teaching or have, you know, achieved all these qualifications, they think they shouldn't have ADHD. How did that present for you while you were a teacher and you were, you know, taking further education? Mm.
1: Well, so um, I would say that by luck, not good management, uh, my life has been pretty good you know, the terrible things that can happen to undiagnosed, unsupported people with ADHD have not happened to me. And I feel very fortunate. Uh, it was a chance conversation at uni. I was finishing my degree, and my supervisor said, What are you going to do, Pippa? I said, Oh, I'm going to get a job. And he was like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I was going to get a graduate job. It was back in the day when they were, you know, adverts, graduate jobs. I, I send some letters, I'll get a job. And he said to me, I think you'd be a good teacher. And I thought, Oh, okay Uh, so i went to cambridge and i thought they'll know what they're doing at cambridge if they let me on their teacher training course probably i would be a decent teacher anyway um i went to cambridge i got my teaching qualification and i think teaching saved me because it really really suits the adhd person like you never have the same day twice teenagers are incredibly stimulating and interesting (laughs) human beings to work with I was talking about what I loved. I'm so into uh, faith, religion, practice, ethics. So I'm, I'm talking about what I love. I'm never sitting still. I never have the same day twice. And I loved, I loved what I did. And, and I think that's the thing. If you have ADHD and you do what you love, you are likely to be brilliant at it. And I was a really good teacher. I wasn't so good on the data, not so good on the report writing, messed up with the drop down boxes got the wrong names at parents evening (laughs) but I so when those things happen I would be like oh my god you're so stupid you're so thick you know like oh you should be like the other teachers but on the whole I think I probably shone as a a very good teacher to the kids definitely you know I think they forget what you teach them they don't forget how you made them feel and I think
0: exactly I I love that quote yeah yeah
1: I think they well I hope that i didn't make
0: me feel good so. but i think that what you just said then is is amazing because you can relate to that sort of teenage brain because mm. you're energetic and you've got like lots of interesting info, you could probably do analogies, not like other teachers, like give them examples. And I think you're exactly right. I know my son, who is doing his GCSEs this year, he always tells me about the teachers that are the ones that are slightly out of the box. They're the Mm. ones that he loves. Those are the ones that he thrives off and um, wants to learn from because they're not sort of the the logical, the step-by-step. So, Exactly, I love that that what you said that ADHD make great teachers because
1: I do think so. I yeah, think we've I, just
0: got such curious brains that we want to learn, we want to teach.
1: I really do believe that that teaching saved me. Had I gone for a graduate job in I don't know a financial I don't know whatever they were, I'm sure I would have crashed and burned and changed my job every ten minutes. But um, but yeah, teaching I think teaching saved me and and I became. A better teacher by about a thousand percent when my son was diagnosed because that was the first time I ever really thought what does it feel like to be in my classroom prior to that because RE I have them one hour a week and, and it's a quick changeover so I don't know if Kate arrived who had ADHD give her a bit of blue tack off she goes and I wouldn't really have considered how does it feel to be in here and um, and um he had autism as well. So I was thinking more also along sensory lines, but I'm sure I was a better teacher. Um, with even that little bit of knowledge I had right there at the beginning. Um, and certainly now when I train teachers, I always say to them, if I only had you for 30 seconds, I would say it's about a personal relationship, a positive one, we need to feel we need to believe that we are liked, that we are appreciated, that we are wanted in this classroom. And even if the truth is you would rather I was absent, you have to bring it out when I arrive in your classroom and be like, Biffy, you're here, so happy, excellent. I thought you might be absent today, but I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. And, you know, we need that. And then whatever we're teaching them, we could be teaching them, I don't know, about carrots or something. Because of that positivity, that can hold that child and get them through even if they don't care about carrots one bit. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I think really it is about positive relationship. You don't need any money for that. You don't need any special training. You might need a bit of acting, but teaching is a bit of acting. So, you know, ring yeah. it is what I say.
0: And then just going back to that level of women who are academic, And I know that maybe on the less positive sort of slant is that if we haven't been diagnosed and we're pushing ourselves sort of academically and we want to do a master's PhD or we are going through university. And I know that I felt like I was always swimming upstream. I couldn't get my projects in on time. My dissertation was late. um, My notes were a mess. um, Retaining the information for me was really hard. I loved learning. If you put me in that you know, situation and, and, and I could talk and we could have amazing conversations, but the minute I had to sort of know I had to hand something in, that was when it was like, oh, and I genuinely believe that I didn't fulfill my potential academically. And part of me still wants to go back and maybe do something else, but I know why would I put that pressure back on myself? Because I know how easily overwhelmed and burnt out I can be. If I have to hand something in very specifically on time under a set of regulations and rules. And I mean, I recently got my my practitioner for EFT and the way I handed in all my case study was totally different to how other people handed it in. But my mentor knew I had ADHD and she said, Mm -hmm. just so you know this is how other people did it, this is, how, this is how you've done it, I was like, oh right, okay, that's interesting, yeah. so you guys, I'm still going to pass you, because you, the information's correct, yeah. but the way you laid it out was so different, and I don't know if I could put myself through that again, and, and I guess my long-winded question is, how does that impact someone who does want to go through academia, and maybe they're not quite sure if they've got ADHD, and have you got any advice for that?
1: I think prior to just Doing my master's, obviously, it was a big gap. I finished uni when I was 21 or 22, I think. And from that point until I was, I don't know, in my mid-40s, I would have said about myself, well, you're a bit average. You know, you've done okay, but you've been lucky. You've had some easy papers or, you know, some people that have dragged you through it. And and that's how you've got here. I think, and uh, so I think I've had this sense of a kind of echoey feeling that I could have done better, I should have done better, um, but I didn't. And that seems to be very a common theme in the women I work with, that they, they feel like they could have, should have, might have done better, done more, but their um, ADHD prevented them from making the best success of it. I went to do my master's most recently because I felt that in order to do the job I'm doing now, I should have some psychological training, that it, it seemed like if i didn't have that then i'm just a retired re teacher like kind of thing so i felt so there was a good reason for doing it and um, i think that's really important you have to be really interested in either the subject like the, the actual material that you're looking at or what door it's going to open for you the other side so the like the reward if you like the reward has to be sufficiently juicy that you're going to get through so I applied for it. Uh, I got into the programme. I started the programme and thought, jeepers, Pip, I don't think you could have read this information very well. This isn't quite what you were signed up for as we were looking at rats in mazes. And I don't know, I can't even tell you, Kate, if I can't remember <laughs> half the stuff that I had to learn. But I was super interested in my actual master's in getting over that. This was the first time I studied knowing I had ADHD and knowing I was dyslexic and having support for those things. Universities are very generous in their support of neurodiverse people and people with learning difficulties. We are the customer now, which we didn't used to be. So there was a lot of uh, assistance put my way, a lot of software assistance, which um, I never really got my head round. But I had a wonderful learning mentor person. She was called Anne Marie. She was my sounding board. You know, like I don't, I don't know how it's the UK, but I, if I have a, a question that I have to answer I've, oh my god so many ideas vomit 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 like oh swimming <laughs> in them oh which way do i go but i had anne-marie to bring my ideas to to help me work out okay calm yourself where's the beginning where's the middle where's the end um she didn't really know about psychology particularly but she was uh she was like my cheerleader i suppose yeah. my cheerleader my um i'm always worried that i'm doing it wrong that's a, that's the a thing i'm always thinking you're doing it wrong, Pippa, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. So she was my person that could be like, Pippa, don't worry, you're doing it, fine. This is, you know. So I did what I really wanted to do. I really wanted to have that thing. Um, And some of it I actually really loved. And my research project I really loved and a couple of the modules I really loved. So that helped. But I think, I don't know, guys, if you're listening to this, if Pippa can do it, you can do it. That's that's what I'd say. If if I can, you can. Um, Just pick carefully and make sure that you... I mean, ideally you'd be diagnosed because that's what's gonna open the door to help or diagnose with something, whatever you've got, because if you've got ADHD, you've got other stuff. Um, but having something like dyslexia, that will open the door to what you need. Um, I had extra time in my exams, which helped me be calm. I wasn't panicking from the beginning, thinking, how are you gonna finish this? You know, I knew I've got that, that buffer. So I feel like universities want you to win. They want you on their master's program. They want you to do your degree. They want you to do the PhD. They want you. So they're going to make it as possible for you as 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 they can. And I think I mentioned a friend I saw yesterday. So she's doing the same program as me. She's undiagnosed. And she's in her third year now. So it's, it's supposed to be two years um, part time, but she's been incredibly overwhelmed by it. But they've given her so many options so okay this is this is how you can navigate this is the way you don't have you know you were saying Kate about doing things differently your mentor mm-hmm. said just so you know this isn't how so the university are like you can do it this way you don't have to do it like the rest of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think there is a real um more much more of a supportive we can do this yeah kind of thing to carry you through whereas previously I don't know if that would have been there um
0: yeah, I definitely feel there's a shift, 100%. And maybe um, here in the UK, I know this is people are listening globally, but I do feel we're potentially on the back foot with um, definitely women getting diagnosed. I know awareness is there, especially with sort of autism, dyslexia and and. And this should be celebrated because no one should feel that they have to be in a specific box. And learning can be so neurodiverse. And it's wonderful because, you know, this podcast is is about women's well-being with ADHD. And I know for a fact that I am not a happy person if I'm not fulfilled, Mm. um, if I'm not learning, if I'm not curious. Mm. I mean, this podcast for me is just... It feeds into my business, but it's also for me, for my life, so I can speak to interesting people, collaborate with people, learn. I mean, for me, learning makes me happy. And if I'm not learning, I mean, I don't read novels. I literally, my bookshelves are piles of by my bed are just stacked with nonfiction books. That is what I thrive off. I can't finish a novel. I mean, as much as I would love to just lose myself into a fabulous novel... I will stay late into the night. my husband's snoring next to me, and I'm like <laughs> going through. I just one more chapter, one more chapter. Yes. And, and that is what definitely feeds my well-being. And I think if we, as an you know, ADHD woman that's undiagnosed, who has that thirst and that drive to learn, and then there's a roadblock in the way it's a very hard place to be. And I feel like I have probably been there because it's almost like you can see something in the horizon that you want to achieve, but there's something telling you that you're not good enough or you're not capable. And, you know, to have that maybe as a child, you know, you see children succeeding in their exams and knowing that, you know, I'm just as clever as them. So what happens to me in that exam or what happens to me in the retention? And that's why it's so important that, you know, if people are listening our parents are listening, and they suspect they've got a child with ADHD, or perhaps they have wanted all their lives to go back to studying. I want them to know that there are options and your your examples are fantastic. So through your coaching, and I know what you said about your mentor and Marie, that she was mm. your cheerleader. Yeah. And how important to have a cheerleader, especially with ADHD. And what you're doing with your coaching with the Advantage, would you say that is an element of cheerleading for people? A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. I mean, coaching, really, I don't do any work. They do the work. The client does the work. I am cheerleader in chief. I am the accountability person. I'm the ideas person. I might do a bit of Facilitating, perhaps, uh, particularly with younger people, um, but but they do the work. But I am I am their cheerleader, and I hope that I am also a good uh, like a good example. To, like I said earlier, you no, know, like if Pippa can do it. You you know you can do it, and I think that is really we really thrive with um, with a positive approach, and I think that's because we're probably so down on ourselves. You know, we are literally thirsty for this um this this positive feedback i'm sure you've heard of rejection sensitivity dysphoria so ned halliwell talks about something that's the opposite i I wish i could remember it it has the word euphoria in it but it basically it means like so rejection and criticism sends us to the darkest place we feel like we have been knocked over by a tsunami never going to be able to get out of it it's hideous dysphoric but if I am receiving praise from you, if, you know, if I am receiving um, encouragement and, and cheering from you, then I will literally be like turbo powered forward. You know, I will be on rockets going forward. We are not very even, are we? We're like, we're either up here or down there, but it doesn't take much to get us up here, you know, but, but we, do, we do need it from an external, um, we don't have enough of it inside naturally. So we need it to come at us. So my lady Anne Marie, she gave me that, my husband, um, my friends, I got a distinction in my masters. And of course I was surprised and no one else was. You know, <laughs> everyone else was like, oh, and I'm like, oh, distinction. Oh my god, that's just, you know, how you know, and uh, and they're all like, yeah, we, well, we totally expected that paper. You know, because that's how we are. We just think. I don't know. I think I went through most of my life going, well, Pepper, you're just a bit crap, a bit average, a bit like chaotic, a bit all over the place. And, and now um, I can say, I can say I'm academic. I am academic. And uh, now I can say it. It's easy. I can't, I'm not, it's not, I'm not fighting that. I can say it. So yeah. So cheerleading is huge for us. Definitely.
0: Absolutely, definitely. And my my husband, bless him, has been at the end of all my um, tears and woes and, you know, self-criticism. And before, way before I was diagnosed, he's just like, I don't understand why you can't see what you're good at. Like, why can't you see? And and he just couldn't get it. And, you know, the fact that you mentioned rejection sensitivity dysphoria is that I'm actually doing a workshop tomorrow. Um, using um I mean, by the time this comes out, we'll have been finished, but the recording will be available. And I have got ninety people signed up for yes, a free yes. workshop that I'm doing using yeah. EFT to help with RSD, and it's unbelievable. I mentioned RSD, and people are just mm. like, oh my gosh, I need help, I need help, and it is a yeah. real thing, um, especially in women that we are just so down on ourselves, and we just feel that criticism, that feedback that most of the time is not even real, it's completely, you know, a figment of our imagination, but at the time it feels very real and very hurtful and um, debilitating. And that's what's hard, isn't it? Because like you said, we don't have that intrinsic motivation or that intrinsic kind of self-worth that we have to kind of keep going to someone else and I think I must have listened to the same seminar with Dr Halliwell because I remember him mentioning that um opposite the, the euphoria and I'm yeah, trying to remember it I can't, I, it and I can't. Yeah,
1: something, yeah.
0: and he was just saying it is so important who you choose um to have in your life get rid of those energy suckers get rid of the people who are down on you negative yeah. get rid of the people who don't believe in you because even if you haven't got ADHD, these people are going to be toxic in your life. But if you've got them in your life, and you've got ADHD, and you suffer from RSD, then it's, it's, you know, almost like they're sort of you have been buried in a black hole. And so I would 100% say, you know, especially with any of my clients, I'm, I'm the same. I'm there as a, as a cheerleader. I want to help them find their strengths. I want them to um, get rid of their limiting beliefs and old stories and things that just aren't serving them anymore, things that they've had, held onto from childhood that are still 30 years later, they're still using as, a, as an excuse or something to, you know, to tell them that they're not good enough. just interrupting this podcast to give a shout out to my sponsors. So I've always been a fan of protecting and supporting my own health with vitamins and supplements. And now as a busy mum of four kids, I try to help them as much as possible with their nutritional support. And now that I'm understanding ADHD more and more, I'm a real firm believer that as vital as it is to look after our physical health, we must also support our brain and emotional wellbeing as well. And for that reason, I've been taking omega-3 and 6 supplements for many years, which have undoubtedly supported my mood regulation and emotional well-being. And I've now been giving Equizin for my own children for several years now. They are a permanent fixture in our cereal cupboard to give them just before school. So Equizin are fatty acid specialists with a range of products to support brain function. Backed by clinical studies, Equizin supplements are a precise blend of omega-3, EPA and DHA, which contributes to the maintenance of normal brain function and are made from fish oil and omega-6 GLA from primrose oil. Like me, you may have some fussy eaters in the house. So now that I give my kids Equizin, I feel much more relaxed knowing they're getting these essential fatty acids in capsule form. Equizin's range of supplements are suitable for all members of the family as well as for pregnancy and babies and contain a balanced formula to really help get the natural benefits of fish oils without that fishy taste. My two youngest kids are super fussy and take the strawberry flavoured shoes every morning without any drama. Unbelievable. So to get discounted Equizin products for all the family, head to boots.com that's boots.com and enter the discount code Kate15, that's K-A-T-E-1-5, Kate15, to get 15% off all Equizin supplements. And for more information about Equizin and all the products they've got, head to their website and learn how they can support you and your ADHD journey. Have you got any CBD oil fans out there or just curious to try a trusted CBD oil brand? Well look no further, Our Remedy is a great new brand that I've recently come across and instantly love. Our Remedy is an award-winning wellness brand aimed at women's sleep, periods, stress and anxiety. So pretty much our lives right? Our Remedy is made of unique blends of CBD, adaptogens and essential oils. Everything is organic cruelty-free and vegan and all their products are made here in the UK and packaged using eco-friendly materials making it sustainable for you and the planet. So not only do they do that but they also donate to charities for each product they sell. How great is that? I love the Pretty Peaceful CBD, which I've been taking at night to help me sleep. And there's a mix of geranium oil, which is great for anxiety, lavender oil, which helps with sleep and orange oil, which makes it taste really nice. And they've got another CBD oil mix, which is called Wait For It. Moon Swings, which is mixed with clary sage for period cramps and hormones. I swear by clary sage, one of my all-time favourite oils, and mint to help it taste good. So if you are looking for something more natural to help you with sleep and hormones and want to make a switch to something you can take every day without any unpleasant side effects, our remedy is really worth trying. Within a week, I felt the difference. It was more of just an underlying daily calm that I noticed. So if you're ready to make a change to your lifestyle I'd highly recommend giving Our Remedy CBD oils a try. Head to their website which is our that's our Remedy, ourremedy.co.uk that's ourremedy dot .co.uk and to get 10 pounds off your first order enter the code ADHDPOD10 that's Pod A-D-H-D-Pod, with a 10 and you'll get that discount. And now back to the show. I love what you've done, that you're, you've set up this, this business, this coaching company to focus on people's strengths, to focus on yeah. women and girls' strengths, because we obviously don't want to brush away the feelings and the emotions. There needs to be an element of validation and acceptance, but then we need to go, okay, okay right what can we do now like let's stop focusing on all the negatives and let's move on to um to what we can do and what we're bloody brilliant at and very often we're brilliant at many things but they just don't look like organization or grids and tables and and very sort of logical um, no. linear thinking yeah which seems to be celebrated and congratulated in the working Mm. world Mm. but once we kind of accept that all the best artists and writers and illustrators and scientists and mathematicians and all these people who have created great things um have probably got some form of neurodiversity that's when it gets exciting and I know that's what you talk about a lot online isn't it so can you give us a little bit of like, so we can end on a bit of a high with this podcast. First of all, what strengths do you see in your clients when they come to you? And how do you celebrate that with them?
1: So, well, I would say that every woman I meet is different. So I don't I don't have like a course of coaching session one, coaching ses- session two. People don't talk about ADHD as a spectrum condition, but they should because it really is. And we are so shaped by our past experiences and past relationships that it it is always unique and normally when my client base tend to be professional women from all different walks of life they can be in the medical field they can be in creative uh, roles I would say they're all achievers they're all motivated they all um they're all doing really well but of course they all feel like they should be doing better (laughs) um but I think what I try to do is get one of the things I try to do with them is about reframing the language the way we speak to ourselves our inner voice I don't say ADHD is a superpower I know some people do I'm not in that camp but what I do say is that there are many many strengths that can power our success and it's it's helping each woman reflect and see where those strength, strengths have shown up in her story because they will be there it have a have a broken she feels especially at the beginning of coaching you, you know people don't come to me because everything's great you know they're they come to me because things aren't as they wish them to be um but it's reframing um language of course I wish I could think of any examples right now because there have been a couple very recent I can't think of any but you know like for example um so um to be called impulsive you know you don't feel like oh yay Kate really likes me then because she called me impulsive it's not it's not super positive, is it? but if you think about um, impulsivity as creativity as spontaneity, for example, don't those things sound a lot nicer, and aren't they actually the same thing? you know do, do you see what I mean? The women that come to me often, and this is true for myself as well, we've been, we've been too something you know like from other people we're too sensitive, too much, too loud, too 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 energetic too, too something um And it's about letting go of people that have brought that to you. Like you were saying earlier, you know, we've got to be really careful about who we invite in. And if those people aren't lifting us up, then we need to get rid of them one way or another. I'm not saying we should take them out of the shotgun. I'm just saying, you know, distance. And then hopefully time will make them disappear into the ether somewhere. Because we are super influenced by the people around us. And they can't really be kind of middle of the road. They've got to be definitely lifting us. For us to be like the best version of ourselves, I suppose that's what I'm working with my women on: being the best, best version of yourself, living well with ADHD, and being the best that you can be in your situation. So, it's reframing language; it's considering how we speak to ourselves. We are amazing friends to everybody except ourselves. <laughs> but um, I would never say out loud to another human being some of the things I have said out loud to myself. Um, and it's sort of noticing, checking those things it's going to take a while to turn that ship because it's a lifetime of doing that kind of thing so it's going to take a while but thinking about the language we use for ourselves thinking about who we invite in i suppose the people you work with you don't necessarily invite in but thinking about the person that's maybe your your supervisor your boss whatever your co-workers like are these are these actually your people and if they're not then maybe it's time to quit this situation move to another one um And understand that they're not bringing out the best in you. That situation's not bringing out the best in you. That's not your fault. That's the situation. And the thing to do is not to dwell on that. It's to think about, okay, what can I do to move forward? What can I do to to change the situation? Because you can never change other people. You can only change yourself. I'm often saying nothing changes if nothing changes. You know, you can. we can talk about this all day long, but if you're not prepared to make some kind of change, then why will it be different? It it won't. Um, I think it's about positivity, wasn't it? Oh, yes, I share loads of examples. So all through ADHD Awareness Month, you will know, every day, I was talking about one woman who has been super successful with ADHD and we show up all over the place in, um, even in places I'm thinking, really in accountancy, but we do show up doing amazing jobs. Some of us are are famous for it. And obviously you've got Simone Biles, the most decorated Olympian gymnast on the planet. And then there are people that maybe you haven't, not everyone has heard of like um, Trudy Styler, for example, she's married to Sting. So everyone's gonna go, oh yes, now I know who she is. But she's an incredible uh, woman and a great advocate for uh, neurodiverse women and women's education. In fact, she's a UN um, ambassador. And uh, there's another lady called Marguerite Joff who began something called the Kaleidoscope Society, um, celebrating women with um, with ADHD. She's, she's in the US somewhere. I think her background's in marketing. But you know, we are those people. We do those things. We start charities, uh, we start um our own businesses. Helena Hills. Uh, she's a True Start coffee lady, right? So she, her previous job was making cat furniture.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, that could be more ADHD. <laughs> we are those people,
1: like, yeah. and I love it. I love sharing um examples. um Tracy Autsuka is someone I'm often posting yeah. my clients to. Her stuff is amazing that she puts out there. And I think she's a lawyer by training, um, but now she's um social media queen and got this amazing podcast and does these super um workshoppy things um so I feel like there is no reason why we cannot thrive, why we cannot live well with a d h d but we have to understand the brain we've got, we have to own it, know it, make sure we have the right people around us, do what we love because we can concentrate It's stupid to say we can't concentrate. If we're interested and we love it, we'll be brilliant at it. Like you were saying about your reading, how you literally suck it all up. If, if you were reading about, I don't know, allotments or something, I don't, don't quite know, like yeah. allotments. Oh, okay. I like,
0: yeah, that would be one yeah. of the books. I'm
1: not. I'm not very good at, at that type of thing. I'm just like give it to me when it's grown. Thanks very much. Yeah. Well,
0: that's uh, funny enough. What you were just saying then is my ADHD brain. This is way before I was diagnosed. Um, decided to set up a succulent business, and I've never in my life. Um, Touched a succulent, or didn't done any gardening, or anything like that. And I I, (laughs) yeah, and I woke up one night, and I was like, "I'm gonna start a succulent." This was way before it came to the UK, and it was like I kept seeing on Instagram in America. I was like, "I've not seen this here in the UK. I want to start this here," Mm -hmm. and I literally the next day found myself a succulent business uh, sorry um yeah, i found someone that i could buy the succulents from um yeah. you know wholesale and yeah. they were not that far from me and i started planting them and potting them in all sorts of different vessels and vintage pots and Lovely. my husband bless him was just like okay this is another one of your sort of hairbrain ideas yeah. but people loved it and I sold to restaurants and to houses and hotels and I did it for two years and I absolutely loved it it was part of like that it was therapy it was getting my hands dirty it was creative I look back now and I was like why did I not know I had ADHD (laughs) when I (laughs) decided out of nowhere to start a succulent business when my background was PR and marketing But, there go. And I probably did lambast myself a little bit going, what are people thinking? Like the nut job again, doing something a bit weird. And there was probably an element of that. And people would say, "Like, where did you get this idea from? Like, what made you do this? And, you know, I've got friends who are very sort of, you know, they do this. is They just do what's expected. And yeah. I don't live in an amazing cosmopolitan um, city like LA or New York or Sydney where we're starting a succulent business may be fine but I had four children I live in suburbia and I wanted to create something that you would see in something like New York so and I loved it but this is what I maybe I'm using this example of you know just just use your brain and make yeah. use of that incredible brain yeah. that we've got and even though it doesn't that. look like what other people are doing, it doesn't yeah. matter because we can hide behind that shame and embarrassment. Definitely. And oh, you know, what people think, and um, you know, like, oh, this person's gonna judge me. And there was there's all of that. You know, even for me coming out and talking about ADHD, then making this my business, setting up this new podcast, and um, all about specifically with ADHD, where I can't hide, I can't gloss around the subject, I can't pretend that I haven't got ADHD. It's you know, and people will probably wonder and and maybe there are people that have been in my life that are not necessarily there because maybe they're not that interested or maybe they just don't understand or maybe can't understand why I'm just kind of keep talking about it all the time but <laughs> I've recognized this is a passion this is maybe yeah. why I've gone through all the training that I've done with yeah. the coaching and, and EFT because I wanted to be able to help women like me but I didn't have a specific niche because I couldn't understand what it was um, I used to sort of say are you overwhelmed are you easily um, anxious does life sometimes sort of get you you know um, totally worried and all of that and I couldn't I was fine I couldn't find the quite the language now I have the language and now I'm so happy to be able to work in this field because like you say the women that are coming to you are very similar that you know they're coming to me these are amazingly intelligent, curious women who are from all walks of life, but just need a bit of help with um, self-acceptance and and self-forgiveness. And there's a bit of grief there of what their life was and could have been, the choices that perhaps they they did make and wanted to make. I also see so much positivity because that's when women, they make that click and they say, okay, I'm going to lean into what actually makes me mm. passionate, whether that is allotment, succulents, yeah, or, absolutely, you know, religion yeah. or yeah. philosophy or anything like that. Once yeah. you find that passion at what gets that internal motor going, that's when we see, you know, amazing things happening and, and probably ch- game changes and, and life changes. And I guess that's what you're doing now, isn't it? You're just coaching other women to do the same.
1: I, I will say that it's an incredibly satisfying role because actually um, I don't work with women for that long. We don't grow old together, but you can see such a change and it's incredibly satisfying to see that, to see women accept the woman that they are and hopefully love her as she is and and be the best version of, of themselves. I, I do think as well, that for us, it's very good to keep company with other women with ADHD. That's a very forgiving kind of funny place uh, to dwell. Um, (laughs) And I I started to uh, meet up to facilitate a group locally that we can meet and do things together. Um, So far, I've only managed to get into the pub, but um, I'm I'm, I'm ambitious that we might actually do something a bit more creative next year. But anyway, I think that is very good for us to be around other women uh, with a similar brain.
0: Um, yeah, that's 100%. I mean, it's yeah. no surprise that the women I've connected to over the past year or so online, <laughs> through the podcast, through our work, the, through the collaborations are All Women with ADHD, because I feel like we're very much on the same page of, um, you know, making sure that we do, you know, big each other up and support each other. And, you know, I hope that will be now stay in touch because there's so many, you know, great things that can be done. And I think this is just, just the beginning. And, um, I know that a lot of people will be really interested to follow you Pippa. So where, where can people find you? Where's the best place online?
1: So I have a Facebook page, The Advantage, so that's A-D-D hyphen Vantage. Um, I have a similar handle on Instagram and on LinkedIn. I am Pippa Simu. I probably dwell most comfortably on uh, Facebook. But I do try and get my message out on the others as well. I've got a website, The Advantage, The um, so the add-vantage.co.uk, um, and um, yeah, so you can find out more about what I do there. But I'm, I suppose, my goal is to help women live well with ADHD. Basically, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that I do. And um, I, I love your work, Kate, and I love your and um, the things that you, you post and put out there. I'm doing an EFT course in the new year that I'm looking forward to, um, because I can see what I love about it is my gosh you can do it anyway you've you've always got your fingers right you're you know you're always equipped you don't need anything else um and i'm i'm really hoping that i will learn enough to communicate it a little bit with the girls that i work with because they can be incredibly anxious and overwhelmed um in a mainstream setting um and particularly after covid's thrown a whole new level of misery in there so um Uh, Yes. So, um, yeah, I I thank you for inviting me and thank you for the work you're doing for our tribe. And I look forward to listening to the other episodes and the other people that you've had on.
0: Thank you, Pippa. It's been a pleasure. And I'm sure we will be speaking again soon.
1: All right. Take care. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks. So that's today's episode done. Did what we talk about resonate with you? I really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes that enhance your daily life. And if you did find this episode insightful, please do consider sharing it. Knowledge and awareness is power, especially with ADHD. You can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time.